Columbia Food Chat. I'm your host, Brian Cole. We have a very special episode for you lined up today, and I'm so excited about it. For today's guest, you, if you've been looking at the Facebook food groups, you've probably seen some posts from our guest today. His name is DJ Stone, and he owns and operates and is the executive chef at the Blended Bakery in Lexington, which is one of the Midlands hidden gems. They have amazing lunch, breakfast, brunch, dinner, cupcake, all sorts of baked goods, including some amazing cinnamon rolls as well. I highly recommend you guys check them out and listen to this interview because DJ Stone, although I haven't known him for that long, is one of the most kind men that I've ever met. From the first time I walked into his establishment, I felt like he was just excited for me to be there. And I think that y'all will get that passion and energy that I got from him through listening to him on this interview. We're here this morning with DJ Stone. He is the owner and chef at The Blended Bakery. Good morning, DJ. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit more about who you are and and what you do? All right. Well, um, so again, my name is DJ Stone, and we started. My wife and I started the Blended Bakery um, about seven years ago, um, right after we got married, and it really generated from uh, a heart to. My wife and I are a blended family. And with that comes a lot of challenges. And as we were blending our families together, we wanted to provide an avenue for not only blended families, but for other families in the area and creating very unique experiences. Uh, and as again, as we're blending our own personal family, this business came from that mentality of our customers are not just customers, they are guests, and then they become part of our extended family as well. Uh, so we wanted to be able to bring back a European-style uh, bakery and bistro. And that came from all of my travels across the world. So I lived in Europe for four years, and then I lived in the southern parts of Africa for four years. Did a lot of extensive traveling. Um, and while I was there, for my, my dad was in the military, and my mom wanted us to experience the culture. So I spent a lot of time with the chefs and learning to cook food and learning to pair wines while I was there and became one of our, my passions for that side. Uh, when I was in um, the southern part of Africa, I spent a lot of time with the chefs and the cooks as well, learning a lot about how to season foods without salt, but using a lot of herbs and spices. So when my wife and I got married, I really wanted to bring that unique experience back to the Midlands because I felt like that was something that was missing. We have a lot of fantastic restaurants, uh, but there wasn't really anything that could give you that whole bakery bistro concept where we make everything from scratch and you can come in to the bakery and bistro and get breakfast and lunch and now dinner service and all of our cakes and pastries and breads and everything we made from scratch. Now, a lot of that Making things from scratch really stemmed from the fact that my two kids, I have, we have six kids together, and um, two of them belong to my wife and four belong to me. I adopted her two kids three years ago, and 
they have severe peanut and tree nut allergies. So imagine going out to eat with kids that have these severe allergies and really being nervous about cross-contamination and things like that. So again, bringing everything in-house and making everything, my kids have a safe place to eat, knowing that dad's going to take care of them. I'm going to clean and sanitize. I'm going to use the proper precautions to make sure that they don't get those cross-contaminations in their food. So out of that, we have really kind of transformed from a home-based bakery to a food truck that traveled all across South Carolina. We were the big red trolley bus. Uh, then opened up the storefront at the start of 2020 and during the very height of the pandemic in order to support the food truck. That was really kind of the main goal. And then since then, we've just more evolved into more um, elevated dining, if you will. And that's kind of our goal is to create unique experiences, whether that's a brunch or whether that's a lunch or a private party or a wine tasting dinner or uh, just a dinner service in general. We don't want to be like every other restaurant. We want to kind of forge our own path, but create such a unique experience that it draws people in. Wow, great. That, that That's that's really great. Um, I, I heard a lot of different things in that answer, and I want to kind of step back and kind of pick that apart just a little bit. Now, you first thing that's kind of jumped out to me is you said you lived in Africa, kind of studying how to become a, a chef or just learning how to cook and you mentioned that they don't use salt like is there a reason for that is it hard to come by is it something that you know what, what's 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 the, the thought behind that well currently i mean i'm i'm sure in present day times they they can get it but at the time that i was there and the countries that i was in uh salt was a very difficult commodity to bring in and quite expensive and so a lot of the chefs over there really prefer to season their foods and learn how to mimic the flavor of salt without actually having to use it. So um, I could get, like I said, it's been several years since I've been over there. So I'm assuming, uh, and I guess that is hopefully not incorrect, but I'm assuming that they get have access to that now. But prior, it was just difficult to get in. And so again, just bringing in how food should really taste and not be overly salty. Yeah, well, we take that for granted here in the United States. You know, I can walk down and buy, you know, 25 pounds of salt if I want to. And, you know, <laughs> to not have access to it is is, is really just you know, kind of mind-blowing, honestly, especially from a culinary um, uh, aspect. That's really interesting. The other thing I heard you say is, you know, you mentioned that you're a blended family. Uh, and that's, I'm assuming, where the name for the bakery came from, the blended bakery. And, um, and, and you also have kids with, you know, severe allergies. So if anyone's out there listening and, you know, you have kids with severe allergies, you know, the blended bakery is a place that you can come in and, and, uh, you know, if, is it something where they should, you know, speak to you and say, you know, Hey, you know, my, my kids have a peanut allergy or a shellfish allergy and, you know, kind of let you know, and, and you're going to take those extra precautions to make sure that, you know, you can have a dining experience at your place and not have to worry about, you know, do I, did I bring my EpiPen kind of thing? Um, is that, is that, some, I mean, that's what I'm hearing is that, you know, because of, of that instance in your life, you know, diners can really, you know, take confidence in the fact that, you know, you understand where they're coming from and that you're going to take those steps necessary to keep them safe. 
So uh, in answer to your question, it was two parts. Yes, um, we got our name, The Blended Bakery, because we are a blended family. Um, our slogan underneath says made from scratch because we were making our family from scratch and we were making our business from scratch. And when people come in the door, we're still making our family from scratch. We're still blending families um, together. Um, so yes, that is how we got our name. And it's very near and dear to us because we don't just do things haphazardly. We Everything, including our logo and um, how it was designed and what it stands for, all has a purpose uh, and really kind of outlines who we are as a blended family. Um, and then answer to the other question is, yes, um, people who have severe allergies, for us, if they tell us they can't have something, whether they tell us it's an allergy or not, it sends up a lot of red flags for us so that we go in and make sure that we clean and sanitize and take the proper precautions to make sure that their food is prepared in a way that they can eat safely with us. I have a lot of friends that have kids with allergies, and I know they would all appreciate that. So thank you so much for doing that. As just a as a consumer, um, we really appreciate that. So how long you mentioned, um, you know, the restaurant opening, like the actual physical restaurant opening, you know, in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, is that affect how did that affect your business when you first opened that 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 brick and mortar shop? Um, so. Well, I mean, um, like all restaurants, we struggled, but again, our goal was to really support the food truck. And um, when we went uh, out in June, we took the, the food truck out the first part of June. On the first day back out, we blew the engine in it and lost the food truck. So then we were solely reliant upon the, the revenue from the brick and mortar. And at the start of the pandemic, we couldn't have indoor diners. So we had to be really creative and really coming from a food truck background, uh, we were able to pivot kind of quickly and just to carry out because that's what we were used to. We were able to do a lot of catering events and do a lot of private uh, wine tasting dinners where we brought people in um, who felt comfortable enough to do it and just hosting smaller things. So we made a pivot kind of quickly to really adjust for that. Uh, I'm not going to tell you it was easy. It was very much a struggle, just like other restaurants. And I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that we were able to make it through that. Um, now we're seeing more of the effects of the inflation and people's pocketbooks really being affected by what's going on in the economy. And it's kind of a, I feel like it's a bleed over process from the pandemic um, kind of now coming into the current state of where we are. And just like every, every, everybody else, we're feeling that squeeze a lot, a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and I guess, was it something where, you know, was the, um, did you sign the lease and, and, and start the, the brick and mortar, like after the pandemic had started, or was it something where you completely blindsided? Oh, you know, I think pandemic officially started in March of 2020. And like, you know, you go in and you, you open your doors in February and then all of a sudden, Oh, you know, a month later, we're, we're all locked down and, you know, nobody can come in. I mean, is this something where you really just like, Hey, you know, this thing's going to be short-lived and, and, and it, wasn't as, as short-lived as you expected, or was it something where you were just completely blindsided but, but with the coming? Well, I think kind of, it was a little bit of both. Uh, I think, again, we opened up the dining room when dining rooms were still open. So 
we were we were hoping to be able to generate some traffic and more like a quaint little European coffee shop uh, bistro. And then when all the dining rooms got shut down, we really didn't know what to do. And so we were trying to do local deliveries and things like that of our, our fresh breads and meals and things like that. Uh, so it was kind of a combination. You know, we signed a lease thinking, well, this won't last long. It'll kind of, you know, be a few months. And here we are two years later and still suffering the effects of it. So I think um, what we were expecting to be rather short-lived, a few months, six or seven months, turned out to be a lot longer than what was anticipated. Yeah. And and as somebody who knows a lot of restaurant owners and chefs and things like that, you know, um, there are a lot of restaurants out there that are still saying, you know, man, like, I just wish things could get back to the way it was pre-pandemic. And, and uh, you know, the Blended Bakery is no exception to that. In fact, I saw um, on Facebook the other day, y'all made a, a post about, um, um, can you, I guess, let me, let me just let, turn it over to you. And maybe can you t- tell us a little bit about what that post was all about? Um, yeah, so that post is, uh, it really came out of, um, uh, really information as to let people know why we were closing early and we've made so many pivots and so many changes. Um, but in reality, what we have seen is over the last couple of months, we've just seen hardly anybody coming in to dine and we try to refresh our menu every month. We try to freshen things up and bring in new dishes and maybe some stuff that you might not have tried before. Again, something that you just can't run next door and make or or go get or something that you can't make at home. We want it to be a unique experience. Um, And so that really came from um, almost like a plea of desperation and saying, you know, if, if we continue to see no one in the dining room and we continue to see sales dropping on average, 18 to 19% every month, month over month, continue to climb, we won't be around for those special events and those special occasions. Um, And it was really a ploy that that was basically saying we're hanging on by a thread and I don't know how to do it anymore uh, by myself. So I was kind of reaching out to our tribe of our extended customer family base and saying that we need their help. Um, You know, we we try to keep things positive and on an upbeat on an upbeat note, but when you're staring down the barrel of possibly having to close because you can't um, pay the bills or pay the employees or to, to provide a service to folks, it's it's very disheartening. We understand the challenges with our parking lot. We understand the challenges with our location, and unfortunately, we can't do anything about those items. Um, I can't do anything about the rising cost of goods. I can't. I can control the goods that I bring in, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna skimp on quality. So I, I'm not gonna cut a corner just to make a buck. I'm gonna still stay true to who we are and providing the best experience possible with the freshest ingredients that I can get my hands on. That's super refreshing to hear, you know, the fact that you're you're unwilling to compromise quality, um, you know, and, and certain things like that, because so often, you know, like that's the first one of the first things to go, you know, you know, hey, we're, we're struggling, you know, we're immediately going to decrease portion size, increase prices, lower the quality of the, of the food that we have coming in. And the fact that you're unwilling to compromise in, the, in those areas, you know, it speaks volumes to, towards your restaurant. Um, you know, how has the response been since, you know, I mean, I know it's only been a few days, but, um, you know, has has the, the Midlands area really responded to that post? They did, um, and 
very, very appreciative of that. On Saturday, we we just, uh, you know, we don't staff for days. Again, we haven't seen these kind of days really <laughs> in a very long time. Um, we had a full dining room all day on Saturday, and it was not only refreshing, um, it was exciting. And I, I'm hoping that that continues because, again, our staff just, we weren't prepared. We only have three staff members. Um, we've lost a lot of our staff and just due to the nature of not being able, we, we can't hire anybody until we can start building up that revenue again. Um, and so it was exciting to see it. We understand that wait times were a little longer than what was normal for us. And we were getting food out as quickly as we could. And then we, we ultimately sold out of pretty much everything that we had. So it was a very refreshing and we appreciated every single person that came out, that shared our post, that sent kind words and encouraging words. And there's a lot of feedback that was given on the post and where things were shared. And we, we don't just overlook those comments. I, I think I want people to understand our heart here is one, we love to feed people. We love to hear what's going on in your life and to be a part of your life. Um, it's more than just food for us. It's being that family, really. Um, but we want people to understand that, you know, I, I'm going to do my very best to provide for you. And we're looking at those comments. We're taking the feedback very seriously. Uh, my wife and I are sitting in business meetings on Sunday, and we're kind of trying to figure out what can we address and what can't we address. So we hear people, we hear their comments, we see them, and we want them to know that they are very much appreciated. And we wouldn't have asked for help if we didn't expect for people to be brutally blunt and honest, blunt and honest with us. I mean, that's what that kind of post will generate, yeah. right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, that's going to generate that kind of feedback. Yeah, and and you know, and honestly, you know, as a as a fellow business owner, you know, I really applaud you know the fact that you're you're willing to get out there and kind of kind of be transparent with people, and 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 you know, it sounds like you really want to, you know, do the right thing and, and, and put forth a quality product. And, and you, and you do, um, you know, every time I go into the blended bakery, I'm just absolutely blown away by, you know, the, the menu, the events that you put on, um, the baked good items that y'all offer. I mean, they're all top notch and, uh, um, it would just be an absolute travesty to, to lose something like that in our community you know, so often I go on these Facebook, you know, food groups and, and, you know, I see people posting about how, you know, oh, the restaurant scene and, you know, in the Midlands is, you know, is, is, is so bad and, you know, it's blah, 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 which I, I totally disagree with. And, and, and it kind of makes me a little bit upset when I see these posts, but then we don't go out and, and support a, a, just an amazing place like the blended bakery, you know, you know, as a, as a, as a community, you know, I encourage, you know, all of my listeners, please, please, please go out and, and, uh, you know, visit the blended bakery, visit, visit some of these other small places that just, you know, if, if once we lose, you know, there's no getting them back. So, you know, I, I encourage, you know, everyone out there listening, just, just go do that and, you know, make it, make a plan to go, go visit one tonight. <laughs> and, uh, uh, sorry, I got a little, my little rant there, but, uh, you know, it is important, um, um, now that being said, you know, let, let's, let's kind of pivot a little bit, um, away from the blended bakery. And I'm going to ask you one question that, that is, um, that I, I ask almost all my guests and, you know, with the, with the food scene changing in Columbia over the last 10 years, you know, 
what you know, especially as as somebody who's lived all over the world, like yourself, you know, what's something that the food scene in Colombia is missing? That's a really, really great question. Um, I lived in Dallas for a little while, and I can tell you, uh, there were some absolutely amazing places to eat Moroccan dishes, Moroccan restaurants, Ethiopian restaurants. Um, Indian, like authentic Indian restaurants. And while I know we've got some great ones, my wife and I support them. Um, I, for me, I'm all about looking for that experience. And there were some great Moroccan restaurants where you went in and you sat on pillows, just like you would if you were in Morocco. Um, you know, we've got we've got all these meats. And I think that it's not about what type of restaurant is missing. as I think it's about the flavor. And I, anybody can open up a, a can of beans and serve it on a plate, but if you take those beans and make them special, or if you take that dish and you make it special, I feel like um, having a dining experience that that is not your typical fast food or anything else that's out there is something that I think that that Colombia would need. I think that they need people that are willing to refresh their menus. I think. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, anti, right. That's right in the same shopping plaza. I love their food because I know that they make their food fresh and it's, it's authentic. Um, and I, I absolutely love that kind of stuff. Uh, I know that Bodie Thai in Lexington is a great Thai restaurant. Um, there are some really good, good, good restaurants around. And I've seen a lot of people posting about like, uh, uh, Afuegos. I know that they're they're authentic, you know. But if we're wanting to attract a food scene, we need to have a range of nice, fine dining, exquisite foods, all the way down to your basic country style foods. You know, like you gotta yeah. have you gotta feed people who are looking for the buffets, but you gotta have people that have more of a refined taste. Um, and that I think we kind of miss a little bit more of the refiner part, and we stick with more of the comfort foods of what we're looking. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with it, but I mean, how how many meat and threes can we have in town? You know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <That's it's, right. laughs> I mean, they're great. I love them, but you know, yeah, I mean, we need to get some some diversity of food and flavors. And and uh, speaking of which, you know, last time I was in Winter Bakery, I saw um, you guys y'all had ostrich on the menu. I don't know of any other place in town that that's serving you know ostrich. And uh, um, you know, it's kind. Of, I mean, I guess that that's a nod to you know your African. Um, culinary roots and uh, um, you know what a what a what a great little thing to you know hey like I can come into this 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 restaurant in a shopping center in Lexington South Carolina and and try ostrich you know yeah, I don't know that in, in most other places that's right and a lot of people don't realize that ostrich is um, they might think, well, it's gamey or it's a white bird, but actually it's very similar to a filet mignon and how it's prepared, um, it's tender and it's nice. It's like a dark red meat. And so when you're coming to dine with us, you're getting an eight and a half ounce filet that's cooked to a medium rare and it's just absolutely amazing. Matter of fact, I served it to my wife on Saturday evening when we were working brunt, uh, the um, bistro and she really enjoyed it. And because we're always evolving our dishes. So if I, if I serve it one way and I don't like the way it's presented, I'm going to change that up to add a different flavor profile to it. And 
um, yeah, ostrich. It's it's it is a very very unique dish, and it's very very tasty and actually very healthy for you. <laughs> wow, well, that's odd. I had no idea, and that's that's one of the great things about this is that you get to learn something new every day. Now, you had mentioned, you know, speaking of, I guess, exciting dining experiences, y'all offer some of the most incredible dining experiences and, and just dinners that I've, I've really ever even heard about. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of these dinners that you have coming up? So every month we do a four-course wine tasting dinner, and we theme those dinners, and we, we bring a lot of those foods from different places that I've traveled or even some places that I haven't, we push, we really kind of push the envelope when it comes to these culinary experiences here. Uh, but our wine tasting dinners generally, um, for the most part, sell out. And uh, for example, we had a taste of Tuscany, which was all authentic Italian meal, uh, paired with four different wines from the Tuscan region in Italy. Uh, October, which is actually coming out this week and next week, which we are completely sold out of, is a medieval masquerade mystery dinner. So we're kind of doing a play off of uh, the Count of Monte Cristo and the Phantom of the Opera. It's like a masquerade ball. Uh, so four court again, four courses, four glasses of wine, and these are not like tapas style. These are four courses. I tell people, come hungry, you're gonna get fed and you're gonna get fed well. That's just how we roll here at the <laughs> London Bakery. But um, the one, so what we do have openings for is the Roaring Twenties wine tasting dinner in November. And our black tie event um, coming up in December, which is, for me, it's like the adult prom. It's everybody dressed up in their best formal wear and evening gowns. And um, we come in and we have a beautiful Christmas tree. Uh, the dining room is decorated amazingly. And then we come in and we just celebrate the year and celebrate the season um, in, in fashion and style. <laughs> That's that's great. So if somebody's interested in learning about these dinners or signing up for a dinner, how would they go about doing so? They can check out the information on our website at www.theblendedbakery.net. It will give you, you can go to uh, eat with us and um, or experience us. There's, there's four different options across the top. They can choose those wine tastings and then they can see the dates that are available and the menus that are associated with them, as long as it's not a mystery menu like October. Uh, but we also try to post the information on our Facebook page as well. So there is information out about our November. Um, the dates are also there. And um, once, once they come to a wine tasting, uh, they join our growing list of VIP wine tasters. And when we release the new dates, then they get to be the first pick. So they have the first choice of picking their dates before we release it to the general public. And um, we encourage people to do that just because we know that the, the wine tasting events do sell out. Now, if they do miss it, um, let's say it sells out or they can't make the dates, they can actually call us and book a private wine tasting with that same theme. Um, during that month, and as long as they have a minimum of ten people, then we will accommodate them. Wow, that's that's really amazing. Um, as far as being able to do a pro something like that for private as well. Now, as far as just a regular dining experience, you know, y'all are open. You know, you said for breakfast and for lunch, um, probably what like six days a week, I think. We are open Tuesday through Saturday from uh, eight to two for brunch 
and um, dinner service. Again, we've, we've heard what people have said. Uh, we want to offer a dinner service on Friday and Saturday evenings, but we are actually going to a by reservation only. Um, so we can properly plan and staff. And so unless we have uh, reservations, we will not be open on Friday and Saturday evenings, which allows for people to book private parties on those events that we don't have on those days that we don't have reservations. Okay. So essentially every night during the week, minus Friday and Saturday, like if you have a group of people and you say, hey, we want to come in and have an amazing dining experience, you know, contact DJ and, and uh, he'll get you set up and, and uh, uh, it will be just absolutely, you know, one of the best dinners ever. So <laughs> DJ, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um, is there anything else you would like to let our listeners know about the Blended Bakery? Um, I, I think it's... Uh, we understand that the name kind of doesn't uh, imply that we serve food as well, um, and we understand that. Changing a name is not as easy as what people may think in a small business world. Um, so we have uh, we have rebranded a little bit to add the Blended Bakery and Bistro, and there are some limitations when it comes to Facebook. Google has changed it, uh, but Facebook has not. And But what I would say to that is uh, we – appreciate everyone's support everyone um you're not just a number when you walk in that door you're not just a random face you become part of our family and we just want to tell people thank you for the support that you have given us so far and so often people say that you know they, they throw out that you know you know you come in and your family and and you don't really get that but i'll i'll, I'll tell you just y'all you know, from personal experience you know the very first time i walked into the blended bakery you know, I saw DJ back behind the counter smiling at me and just, you know, like, you know, was excited for, for me to be there. And, you know, just um, just one of the friendliest people that I've ever met. And and so it's not just a saying when he says it, it's it's the actual truth. You know, you walk in and, and you feel that warmth and, and you know, that that appreciation that, that that you're there. And, you know, even if you can't make it by for dinner, you know, come come by and and try one of these um, amazing cinnamon rolls or cupcakes that they offer. Um, they're just out of this world. I think you even do some adult cupcakes. Is that right? <laughs> yes, we do. We have some. Uh, we call them our boozy cupcakes. So um, we we like to cook with liquors here, and so when we do that, we, we stick some in our cupcakes, and we do make those a twenty-one and older cupcakes. And they are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, DJ, thank you so much for being on the podcast, and uh, um, we hope your business is, is, you know, thrives for you, and uh, we'd love to have you back on sometime and talk about the amazing success that the Blended Bakery is having. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it very much. I am just thinking about those adult cupcakes right now, and I may just have to go get one later today at the Blended Bakery. But thank you so much to our special guest today, DJ Stone with The Blended Bakery. And this is a call to all of you people listening who are in the Midlands of South Carolina. Go pay The Blended Bakery a visit, you know, whether it be just for some baked goods or, um, you know, one of their teas or special dinners that they have. However it is that you can support this local business and not just this business, but other local businesses just like it. You know, that's that's our responsibility if we expect to have good restaurants in the Midlands, 
we should be expected to be able to support those restaurants. And let me tell you, Blended Bakery is a phenomenal place, and I enjoy it thoroughly. Thanks again to Mr. Stone for taking a few minutes out of his day to chat with me here on Columbia Food Chat. A couple of quick announcements. First and foremost, for those of you who are a fan of our Columbia's Chef Table Dinner Series, the next date has been set. It will be December 8th with a very special chef, which is Chef Howard Stevens from Market on Main downtown. He's cooked all over the Midlands, um, but he's currently at Market on Main, and he's one of my absolute favorite chefs in town. Also, due to the overwhelming success of our Sweet Surprise Tour, we're going to be running those tours again soon. Look for that tour again sometime in December or January. Tickets will go on sale for that again soon. So make sure you like us on Facebook and we'll be announcing um, when those ticket sales will become available. And they will go fast for both events. Um, very limited supply of tickets um, for both of those events. And of course, you're always welcome to come see me on a Columbia Food Tour. You can find out more information about that at www.columbiafoodtours.com. Thank you again for listening in to Columbia Food Chat with Brian Cole, and I look forward to seeing you next time.